Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Count the Dings Westworld Podcast. I'm your architect, Anthony Mays, forging the entirety of this podcast with only one tool, the mistake. We've got our very own Bernard replica, complete with Hulk button accessory, Dave Schilling, the man in black constantly searching for the center of the maze, Jake Hoy, a smart meatball with an incalculable number of thoughts per second. That's a big number. Tom Rehaber Stroboam, <laughs> much more dangerous than she looks in rocking futuristic gala attire. It's Eden Liu. This week we're shipping Drogon to Costa Rica. Episode two, Jake brought up the point that he would have liked to see it dropped in conjunction with the premiere. Tom, you were left wanting something from episode one. You wanted a reunion with some of our characters. How did episode two make you feel? Uh, be careful what you wish for, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of problems with this episode and we'll get into them, but I feel like the showrunners are catering to Reddit Westworld too much. Cold open this week. We're back in Nazi world or actually it's war world. Maeve is speaking Italian to her own surprise. There's that great double take. Hector comes in. They embrace. Death doesn't mean what it used to. They didn't make it to heaven. They're stranded in hell. Hector gives Maeve some aspirin that quote-unquote, works instantly. Hector says they have to get a map to the Allies. They sneak around the army but are stopped at the gate. Maeve attempts to use her Jedi mind trick, and when it doesn't work, she jams the aspirin in the Nazi's eye, and it works instantly. (laughs) You've lost none of your power over me, my love, says Hector, and they escape in a red roadster. Hector plans to escape by plane, but the flight crew is dead. Hector calls Maeve Isabella and reveals that he has been reprogrammed as Ettore. He dies. <laughs> Maeve kisses him. It's all right, darling. None of it matters because none of it is real. And she shoots herself. Darling, darling. How was her Italian accent? Oh, I'm an expert on Italian, and I thought it was uh, muy bellissimo. <laughs> nice. I know that means it was terrible, right? Yes, that's correct. So, Tom, you said catering to the Redditors. I'm sure if you go frame by frame, there's a ton of similarities between this narrative and the narrative of the Mariposa Saloon and the way that Hector dies. And it's a rerun. 
the thing that bothered me about this opening scene was I thought the writing was super corny, but I couldn't tell if that was because they were doing a simulation of Sizemore's writing. Like it seemed like the whole like sweeper off her feet. We go around the Nazis and they don't see us and we're just, we're we're making our escape. It seemed like so corny. And yeah, I think that was the payoff in the end because like you, I'm watching that scene with them walking through the plaza with her heels clanging on the cobblestone and nobody's turning to look and you're thinking what's going on here first of all i don't even really want to be introduced to a new world and have to infer narrative through the narrative of lee sizemore you know so i was wondering what was the deal like nobody can shoot straight yeah was it was it did it feel super corny to you the lines and like oh yeah absolutely so was that on purpose because Because of Sizemore and like this is just the the narrative that he created in the world. The the replica created it. It's a knockoff of Sizemore's narratives. Yes. Does that mean you guys think that there isn't an actual war world in the park? Oh, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't dare to say. I thought it was a sim. It could be a sim of a world she wasn't in. Right. One that does exist in the real world, but that is it is an approximation in a computer that they're using to trick her. And the other world that is visited in this episode, I think brings our total to five out of six. Are we counting Game of Thrones in this? <laughs> we already knew that one existed. They had already teased that before. We've got Westworld, Shogun World, The Raj, possibly War World, and we have Medieval World. But we're going to go with Bernard, Bernard to start. He approaches Westworld by boat. There are giant stone and metal stations almost situated like buoys that form a perimeter, but they just sail right through them. (laughs) Very Lost-esque. He is able to take a dinghy to shore and walk right into the burned-down village of Escalante. Then he makes his way to Ford's secret cottage and into the lab where he was first built. He finds his old tablet, but it's broken. He enters the secret hallway leading to the room full of his previous iterations and discovers Stubbs, third Hemsworth. With his brains blown out, he starts gulping. He's a host. No shit. We all knew this from the season finale of last season, and he was trying to blow himself up, hitting that C5 charge in the back of their necks, but he missed. His last assignment was to cover Bernard's escape. Bernard wants to stop Dolores, needs someone strong enough to stop her. He wants Maeve. And then Stubbs coughs up a bullet like a hairball. He has a purpose again. And just like that, we have our new dynamic duo. Dave, are you in on this buddy cop drama? Yeah. I mean, we haven't really gotten a lot of levity on this show. So if you put these two characters that are kind of opposites in the same narrative, so to speak. Hopefully this this banter continues and we get something that's that approximates comedy because this is such a dour <laughs> show. It can kind of meander quite a bit. And at least here with these two, they have a mission, they have a purpose, and they're going somewhere. Even if it seems illogical that uh, <laughs> uh, Bernard can just kind of take his boat into Westworld, this multi-trillion dollar <laughs> amusement park. And by the way, I assume I assume part of that is because they've abandoned it, so to speak. You know, Dave, they've kind I- of like given up on it but i mean yeah. at least it's forward momentum is happening here even if they're kind of skipping steps and and skipping narrative um cohesion a little bit i'll tell you who liked it jeffrey wright 
<laughs> yeah. Smiling up a storm on He's the beach. He's having fun, right? Like, my new friend. For once. I don't have He's to fend off bloody. these butchers alone. Can someone help me with something? That's what we're here for, Tom. Why was there a train to Westworld if there was ability to get there by boat? I think that vibe, was the baby. train just to whatever the central hub is where people arrive. The Mesa. And then they take their transportation out to whichever world they're going to. Bernard and Stubbs burn rubber in Tom's favorite exposed dune buggy and enter the Mesa. Yes. Those creepy faceless drone hosts are patrolling. They're replacing the decimated QA. They look for Maeve in cold storage and find her, but her control unit has been removed. Dun, dun, dun. Bernard needs to connect to the mainframe, so they enter Park 4, Medieval World, a.k.a. Westeros. Two techs are arguing about selling a host, Drogon, to a Costa Rican startup. <laughs> it's Benioff and Weiss. This is how they're spending their time. Jake. Cute. Little victory walk <laughs> over to the Westworld set. Yeah. Weiss goes over to Chainsaw Drogon into shippable pieces. Dear God, it's literally <laughs> so what sad. they did the last it season. season. Why eight. would they set themselves up for something like this? Cute. Very cute. So self-satisfied. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Self-service right there. Bernard believes if he can perform a diagnostic with these systems, he'll be able to detect a corruption placed in him by Dolores. He hits his Hulk button and commences a scan. QA comes in. They recognize him and try to shoot him. Third Hemsworth fucks them up as a lutinist strums the <laughs> Westworld theme, but not before they call for backup. Then he uses a battle axe. Oh, this was so terrible. To drive several men with machine guns away. Corporate so incompetence, dude. Oh. Doesn't even swing the axe because any like <laughs> so they don't fire a single shot not a single shot this was worse than tom throwing the water bottles oh stubs so bad stubs how do we think they got bernard's eyes to flutter on demand is there some sort of like eye drops they can take for that because like that's like kind of impressive like glitch I, out your eyelids jeffrey wright is an unbelievable actor <laughs> who, who is better Time uh, Bernard relax. fluttering his eyes or Hemsworth choking and trying to <laughs> gulp. That was a good performance, actually. A little, like, the Hemsworth was great. Stubbs, that was still unclear yeah. how he woke up in the first place, <laughs> uh, other than sensing Bernard was nearby. That was his but purpose. I like, did think that was a good robotic performance. There was, there was a lot of those moments, Jake, where you had to just kind of, you know what, just move along yeah, don't think except, too hard on this, except, this little moment yeah. here in the show <laughs> except there th those are very critical plot points that like oh chris emsworth how is he gonna get out of this situation <laughs> where he has an axe he literally brought an axe to a machine gun, gun fight, fight and yeah. got yeah. the victory somehow yeah. and then they like retreat like he's they, he's like ran. twirling his axe <laughs> His act is like, and that wasn't even a sim. Yeah, yeah that was real life. Yeah. Like he was moving that axe in slow motion, man. It was like big, long, sort of deliberate strokes with his axe. Like he's painting a building or something. It was absurd. I hated well, they, it. 
they might have had to put some QA guys into security, and and that you know could be the problem. This is the G League QA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, these are <laughs> replacement levels out there. Yeah, the big dogs are all dead, and these are the replacement players off the street, and they are trying to just live. I suppose. <laughs> See, that this was the problem I had is like every time there was something dumb going on, I was like chalking it up to Sizemore and, <laughs> and being like, oh, this is a stupid narrative. And and so every point in this episode, I kept being like, was that lame or was that supposed to be lame? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tough thing about this show is like every time they reveal, no, it's not real. It's a simulation. No, it's not a human. It's a host. <laughs> I keep thinking when I watch something, I'm like, was this deliberately bad or was this just bad? I think it's the park. I think we need to get away from the park. I loved it last week <laughs> yeah, so much. We come back the to park. the park and it's just like, ugh, this is the, yeah. you're going it's back to all the worst parts of the show. I think we're done yeah. with the park now, but. I do. It was a frustrating episode and that it felt overly long that they could have accomplished that in a half an episode and got yeah. Maeve into the real world, you know? Jeffrey writes, infamous eye fluttering is while he's recalling Dolorette, <laughs> which is Dolores inside Charlotte's body, taking a control unit from the forge. Bernard and Third Hemsworth are back on the beach. Bernard has a list of the guest profiles that Dolores read. So he's got his leads to follow back in the real world. Reprogrammed Stubbs as his bodyguard to prevent him from killing himself. He says, you could have just asked. <laughs> ha ha, banter. Cute. I laughed. Yeah. Yeah, It was, a, it was a brief chuckle. Yeah, I was like, ha ha, yeah. these guys. I like it. It's like uh, 48 Hours or uh, Beverly Hills Cop or something. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> Lethal weapon. This is a big promotion for Third Hemsworth in this third season. Maybe this is the Third Hemsworth season. He needs to hit the weight room a little bit more. Actually, you know what? He doesn't need to hit the weight room. He needs to just get on a treadmill. I feel he's like. chunked up. Yeah. He, he's he's looking up. a little bit yeah, like he did. Jesse cool. Plemons yeah. out there. He's got the Jesse Plemons diet. <laughs> he looks like Plemons. He's he's Plemons himself. He's Plemonized. I love Jesse Plemons. I love him too, but what? I, I thought what, the last Plemons, and I was like, yeah, he does look a little like Roger. Clemens. Roger Clemons, yeah. Also Roger Clemons, yeah. But watch watch the last season of Breaking Bad, and then watch El Camino, and tell me, uh, yeah, it's a different, that's a, that's a different person. <laughs> He's a different person. <laughs> yeah, like Jesse, come on, dude. Okay, Chris, uh, you got to wear uh, this tank top here. You okay with that? He's like, damn it, why? Why I'm do not I have to wear a tank top? You I'm not jacked. Dude, right just now. cut out the desserts. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just good. don't cut out the added sugar. Yeah, those Bernard uh, figurines were actually made of cake. That was all he was standing <laughs> uh, in that room. That's yeah, that's a pre-quarantine body too, guys. Let's get into the Mave plotline. Felix back. Maeve takes his hand, but he is scared off. She's in the labs, getting repaired. She grabs a shirt and a scalpel, finds Hector in the corpse pile when she's spotted by Sylvester, who also doesn't recognize her. She gives the QA noobs that approach her a refresher. Still no helmets in the budget for these guys, Tom. My God. Just move along. I can't, I can't handle this QA. 
<laughs> right as she's about to drill into her nose, a horrendous British accent cries out, <laughs> Sizemore comes limping in with the cane. He's not dead or he's a host. Either way, I'm upset. This is art. My art, says Sizemore. He says they just missed his heart when they shot him. And Maeve says, cunning of you to make it so compact a target. I like that one. Ah, zing! Sizemore put Maeve in Warworld because it's near the forge, which he mistakenly thinks is where the sublime is located. Maeve brings up her daughter. I'm not doing this shit again, guys. I'm not doing the daughter plotline anymore. Yeah, you're you're off that one. I was off it all last year. <laughs> it was supposed to be her core drive, and she gave her a hug, shoved her into the, the valley beyond, and we're back to resetting the loop. This time, Maeve drives the roadster towards the forge. This world wasn't meant for us. She says goodbye to Atore, who insists on catching the plane, and leaves him a key, which does not come back. Maeve finds Sizemore. He limps his ass over to two horses. They ride through the desert, and they enter the forge. Sizemore asks Maeve who operated the Li-Fi cannons, believing she executed the whole sublime plan, and they realize it was Dolores. Sizemore tells Maeve she's his reason for living. It sounds like he's reciting Hector's lines, and they kiss. Turns out, Gimpy Sizemore isn't real. Maeve has been uploaded into a simulation the entire time. He was attempting to get Maeve to disclose the location of the Sublime, and Maeve says, How does one escape a cage that doesn't exist? She's putting the pieces together, searching for clues. Gimpy Sizemore is upset that he's been plagiarized. Maeve gets two texts stuck in a loop arguing about the square root of negative one, tosses a statue into the air, and it freezes because she overtaxed the system. She plans to create chaos in the next iteration. Dave, why? <laughs> I, I truly don't know. I was looking at my watch. Why was I wearing a watch during quarantine, you might ask yourself. I like to dress up for myself, okay? That's why. But God, this is pointless. It was it was a maybe ten minutes worth of plot stretched out into forty minutes. So the we, whole thing is that the, the the loophole is that it's buffering. That's the loophole. Yes. Is that it? it the world yes. is buffering. This is like a, a Star Trek episode where Captain Kirk yeah. gives the computer a logic problem, and it's like I don't understand, and then it steam comes out of its ears. Yeah. I didn't need all of this. If Maeve had just woken up in Serac's mansion. That would have been fine. Absolutely. It's like, oh, I gave you a new body. I'm going to try to get this information from you. I'm just going to ask. Instead, well, he like has to go through this whole simulation. And wouldn't, she, wouldn't Maeve know that Warworld was near the Forge because she knows literally everything about Westworld and the uh, parks and, and everything about Delos mm-hmm. in terms of their destinations Wait, like she, she knows she omniscient. knows that that's never been yeah clear. she should she should know where everything is in the park she's got the she's got the konami code for westworld anyway i yeah. i thought this was bad and this season's two episodes shorter than usual and it feels like already two episodes in we're stretching for time the only thing i could think because when sizemore was doing that thing at the forge i started to question I mean, obviously, I thought we all thought he was dead anyway. So at first, it was possible to buy in that maybe he'd survive. But it started to seem pretty quickly that he was 
a simulation of himself or a host meant to extract information from her. Exactly. And that and we've seen that before in lots of stuff. Right. As things started to progress and it was revealing itself to be a simulation. Well, then I was thinking, okay, well, this fulfills the line in episode one where the guy was talking to them, you know, Liam and Dolores about what if everything was just a simulation within a simulation. So we're de- they're delivering on that idea. And in this case, it seems that given Rehoboam and whatever control that has over the real world, if the real world is a real world, it was necessary for them to put Maeve through the paces of this simulation and have her extract herself to be able to perform the functions or services they need her to perform to counteract what Dolores is doing in their space. Sure. So I'm, it's just I'm that assuming it's that this is going to pay off. It wasn't yeah. fun to, to watch yeah. is the problem. of the whole episode. Yeah. It was really dull because we all knew the twist. I will say about about you you mentioning the is the real world actually real? Maze counted out five of six parks. There's still one park left, guys. There's still one park to be revealed, and the only other park from the original movie universe of Westworld is Future World. Right. Oh. Just think about that. Just thought about it. Was War yeah. World in Rain the into pieces? No, it was uh, Medieval World. There was a Shogun World in the sequel. There's a Future World in the sequel. And I think there's one other one in the original Westworld, but I forget. But there's definitely Medieval World because that's where the uprising starts is uh, in Medieval World in the first movie. That just makes me think that Westworld is ripping off the greatest scientific educational film ever made powers of 10 the picnic near the lakeside in chicago was the start of a lazy afternoon early one october we begin with a scene one meter wide which we view from just one meter away now every 10 seconds we will look from 10 times farther away and our field of view will be 10 times wider this square is 10 meters wide and in 10 seconds the next square will be 10 times as wide our picture will center on the picnickers even after they've been lost to sight. Are we just going to keep zooming out every season infinitely, <laughs> nonstop? God, I hope so. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be uh, satisfying? No, please, <laughs> God, no. Maeve restarts her War World loop once again. Can't wait. Too many times. She marches right into the center of the square, gives the commander Hector's map, but then reveals that everyone has a copy of the map, causing a chaotic reaction with bullets flying and the world freezes. Maeve is not impressed with the structure of the code, is able to hack out and get security cam footage of wherever she's being held. We've got maintenance drones that look exactly like L337 from Solo, operating a massive network of control units. This is an interesting thing that we'll come back to in a second. Maeve locates herself HC-198-301-2522 and reprograms a drone to extract her. Wait, is that like a a lost code there? Essentially, it is. Is there meaning in that number? Apparently, we know several characters' serial numbers because I looked this up and we had seen this before, but obviously, we should just start calling Maeve this from now on. It's much simpler. The drone plows through security on its own like Marshawn Lynch through 
tackles, but is eventually <laughs> taken down on the lawn. Maeve wakes up in a new world with a Rehoboam-style circle on the wall as art. It's Engeron Serac's converted cement factory. Vincent Cassell is roaming around his bamboo atrium. Serious Lady True vibes, Eden. Yeah, I felt that too. The whole set felt very, very Lady True-esque. So Rock welcomes her to the real world. We are in the middle of a war. And I need your help to win it. Seems fairly idyllic for wartime. No one knows it's happened yet. Or that it's already been lost. I don't concern myself with the present. My business is the future. So you're an oracle? An oracle would merely predict the future. Our work is to create it. Unfortunately, if things continue on this path, there isn't any future. At least, not for my kind. You've been spying on me. You should know I couldn't care less about the fate of your kind. <laughs> no, I can't imagine you would. For the most part, humanity has been a miserable little band of thugs stumbling from one catastrophe to the next. Our history is like the ravings of a lunatic. Chaos. But we've changed that. For the first time, history has an author. And that would be you, I suppose. No. Something I helped build. A system. And up until very recently, the system was working. We were creating a better world. And then it stopped. I thought I had discovered the reason. The emergence of someone very dangerous, someone we couldn't predict. You? But I was wrong. We learned that only this morning, shortly before you killed several of my staff. You are in the threat. There's someone we haven't accounted for. Dolores. Very confused on that line. I need you don't to know what win time it, is it. But people don't know that they're in the middle, but also it's lost. Yeah. Well, here's why. Because Rehoboam has probably already said this is what's going to happen. He right. basically has the end of the story. Maeve calls him an oracle, which has to just be an overt Matrix reference. It's also not a coincidence that we're meeting a powerful character and it's played by a sexy Frenchman. Sirach <laughs> so says Rehoboam stopped working because it couldn't account for Dolores and asks Maeve to kill her. Maeve grabs a knife and tries to stab him, but he's got an override button and freezes her cold. So what I want to come back to real quick is his little secret compound with all of the control units hooked up to this network. Mm. I'm confused by this because I thought that was proprietary Delos tech. So I'm confused as to how another company could create a network out of hosts. Somebody's been smuggling hosts out of the park. So this comes back to corporate incompetence. Well, remember they this were all the way back, all the way back to season one. one. Yeah, and the woman that I forget her name, who Bernard was hooked up with, Teresa. She was. So she was, was working for someone else. So oh. it's possible that goes back to that, and that could explain why too the simulation is subpar. It's pirated material and it's limited information. 
That's a weak ass excuse. Though. Limited data, if you will. We do know that security at Westworld is trash. Trash. Yeah. Helmetless. <laughs> bulletless. <laughs> Bernard took a fishing boat, walked right in, walked right out, took the boat back. Done. Yeah. <laughs> All in a day. Maeve's control unit was missing from cold storage. Someone walked right in, extracted it, walked right out, done. So that wasn't Dolores getting Maeve's brain? No, because obviously oh, no. Dolores doesn't have Maeve. So how, who got who, how, what? There's another mole in right. Uh, right. Westworld. There's infinite moles. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't just Teresa Cullen. It was, I guess, other people. What you're saying is there were a number of control units. Where all of that took place, that, that final scene where the robot's trying to escape with Maeve, that is all taking place on Serac's compound. Yes. So what's interesting then, too, is that so he's also got a body because we saw Maeve's body yes. in cold storage. Right. So now he also either can create bodies there. Yeah, I assume he has a printer. Yeah, he is a printer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Building the the bodies is not the issue. The issue is the control unit, the pearl. That here's, is the proprietary information that is not hard just to replicate. Here's, here's the thing. I went back and watched episode one, and and was thinking about when are we? You know, because this show has always juggled timelines. And on the one hand, we've got Bernard telling us very clearly we're three months out, we're 100 days out from where we left off season two, which I believe was 2052, right? I don't think any of season two extended beyond 2052. And 2052 was always the future. So it's possible that what we're seeing of Bernard is 25th but then i because i've also read that this this world this season is technically taking place in 2058 that could mean that what we saw of dolores getting the cash getting together with liam getting to la and in hooking up with caleb is six years later and so that when we're meeting Sirach and mave we're also six years later. We're not in the same timeline that Bernard goes looking for her. Well, that's uh, that, that sucks. <laughs> that would be horrible. That <laughs> Why? But that's the because way to do that it. Would mean, but yes, I agree that that's a very plausible idea, and I'm not hitting on your idea as much as yeah, I'm thanks, saying that. Dude. Like that, that would just mean like then we're not ever going to see these two timelines, these two stories converge. That'd oh, be a yeah. bummer. No, we I are going to see them converge. If they're six years apart, then we're going to have to fast forward one of them. But uh, what if they converge in a simulation, done. guys? Jake, thank you so much for bringing up the timeline <laughs> thing, because that's something that I wanted to talk about last episode that slipped my mind. Okay, cool. Jonathan Nolan basically got asked, why do you do the separate timeline thing? And he essentially said, because I like it, fuck you. <laughs> memento, baby. Cool. Lost. I'm in memento. Lost. Yeah. That's how I like to work. <laughs> so I do what I want. 
Season one, it was done magnificently. Yes. Season two, it was done horrendously. Poorly. So poorly. And season three, so far, we have no indications that we're on separate timelines. But it's also because we've had two completely separate episodes. Yes, that's right. There's not enough to discern. So I am 100% waiting for the timeline uppercut. (laughs) But we don't have enough information at the moment. I pray to God that that is not what happens. (laughs) I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I just want the story to be a story and to just pay things off and be satisfying. Everything seems like, oh, you thought this was... Gonna happen, but wait, the bullet is just about to hit Sizemore, and nope, he's not frozen, he's alive. Wait, but Maeve's gonna go stab that dude. Nope, she's not, because he's got a little button, and everything just seems this start-stop thing of, uh, wait, we got something big that's gonna happen. No, wait, it's not gonna happen. I, I want some sort of payoff where all these stories... You're finally like, all right, great. We we did all this work. We put through all this sweat, and we're waiting. We're a, we're at the end of the first quarter here, and I feel like uh, I feel like that payoff is just nowhere near. It's like if you took it, you studied for months and months and months for a big final exam. You take the test, you turn it in, you're like, I can't wait to find out how I did. I know I, I aced this thing. And the professor's like, so there's um, 562 other questions you need to finish. And also here's an essay. And can you do this? And can you do that? And it's like, I'd just rather fail the test than, than continue <laughs> to sit here and take, take it and answer these questions. It sucks. And, it's and, just a bummer. And, and- and Dave, here's the other thing on the timeline question. I don't feel any juice about why Bernard exists. I don't. I The idea is that Dolores wanted him to be a check and balance against her, which doesn't really make much sense. It just feels like, hey, we signed up Bernard or the uh, Dave Schilling actor uh, for uh, an extra season. And now we just got to like fit him into the storyline, even though Dolores has no use for this guy. And that may be the payoff is like we'll find out that Dolores kept him around for a specific reason that will make sense later as a check on her power. I feel like Bernard is is on this this trajectory that doesn't feel important. It doesn't. Yeah. I, I feel like he's it just in the story right. to be in it. Mm-hmm. And My, yeah. I, I don't know where what timeline he's in. I don't know if he's in the same timeline as Sirach. I don't know where it fits in with Dolores. But then frankly – like when he gets stubs, I'm like, this is kind of cute, but also who gives a shit? Like who cares? Like what is well, – like we know yeah. that Dolores is trying to take over the world and and stick it to the humans. But we also know that Maeve is trying to take down Dolores. But then there's this Bernard character that kind of is in the middle of it. But what is the real thrust of his purpose? There's a, a problem with any television show or movie where the two motivations that every character has are – fate which is is immutable and uncontrolled and narrative convenience and those are the two things that drive (laughs) most of the characters on westworld right now is fate and narrative convenience let me remind you tom arnold builds dolores dolores kills arnold dolores builds bernard bernard kills dolores bernard builds dolorette dolorette kills bernard Dolores built Bernard again. What is the end of that equation? Bernard kills Dolores. 
or just another recycling and a resurrection. <laughs> yes. Why? That's my point. That's season four. <laughs> this is my point. Is like we've been here. Like we're just retreading on old storylines. That it's there's nothing new. It's like we're on a loop, Tom. Here we are. We're on a loop. We're on a fucking loop. And the aspirin and the eye thing. Come on. Come on. What? Yeah. The- what? It's subversive, dude. You thought she was going to eat it and said she's sticking it in a guy's eye. It's subversive. It's not expected. It's also <laughs> stupid. Oh, man. And Hector, he's got, I mean, that outfit wasn't doing him any favors, man. He's got to get, like, those pants were way too short. I guess this is how it was. I guess this is how it was in the in the World War II uh, setting. And, oh, they had those maps. Oh, it's in the pocket. No, you're the traitor. You're the traitor. <laughs> it's hard to care when the whole point of the sequence is that it is poorly written. You know, that can be clever for a minute, but it is distancing from an emotional standpoint. It just went on too long. I agree. I agree. Hey, Sirak, though, he built Maeve with her control unit. He built her a body. And that's her control unit in her. Yes. Yeah, and he decided to use a uh, garage door opener as his remote (laughs) control for her. (laughs) Is is it the same one as the Bernard one? I think it's identical, yeah. Sirak wants to take out Dolores, according to him. Because there's a war going on that has already lost, but it's in the middle and it's already trying to win. He's trying to win. (laughs) We don't know how he's trying to manipulate her, what he's willing to say and what is the truth, right? We, We can never just take for face value what these people are saying. And he's presented as this kind of Satan Right. The whole apple. He's offering her some kind of knowledge, a step into the real world, a drive that she's she's had. Right. She was the one who was going to escape first. So there should be some appeal in that for her. And now in the next episode, we'll see how he shapes his argument to get her to buy in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he built. Rehoboam, he's the one that truly understands it. Liam is the front man for the company that really doesn't know anything. The Kendall. Yeah. The Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His system predicts the future and it's just straight into devs, Jake and Eden. Creates the future, though, he said. Maze, not predict. That's the whole thing about the path that Caleb was talking about. Yeah. It devises the scenarios. So it creates the future by predicting the best outcome. Best outcome for who? Well, for everyone, quote unquote, Tom. Did anybody Mm. did anybody check out the insight website? No. Give me the insights on insight. I I checked out the insight website. And it turns out that insight is not just responsible for Rehoboam. They're responsible for the cars, the self-driving cars, the self-flying uh, copters. They also created those tabs that you can take. Digital acid. For oh, okay, okay. mood this enhancement. Is, Jake, They're, this is what yeah. I think about with the coronavirus. Yeah. Amazon has even gotten stronger. Because yeah. now we have to ship everything. Right. We can't go to stores. Right. And this is how they, they grow even more powerful. So yes. you're saying Insight is a proxy for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say so. Liam says it in the first episode that he's the big dog tech company. They're the alpha. It's as if everything merged into one. Yes. Did they also invent the Rico and Amazon? They are for sure behind Rico, Dave. Yeah, I thought so. I'm positive about that, especially if they control all the cars because the cars are part of it. Hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Self drive. Yeah, they drop the money in the car. See, this that stuff is fun. I missed. I missed all that this episode. So now it's more fun to speculate about episode three than it is to talk about episode two. Big time. Yeah. We, the episode like two was like that. Nothing happened in episode two. It's all set up, and it's like getting that filler episode in the middle of a season where you're like, okay, well, we got this key detail, but there's really nothing to linger on or rewatch. Yeah. Guys, guys, they went to Spain and spent millions of dollars on a filler <laughs> episode. They, yeah, this? they really could have oh, just. This was shot in Spain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Woke up yeah it was shot in Spain. Place. Wow. I watched the thing at the end, the little like making of, and they're like, yeah, we, we were looking for, you know, some place to that look like World War II era, and we found this little town in Spain. I'm like, uh, this, this is never coming back, is it? We're never going back to the war world. We're never going to see this again. This has to be our next segment going forward. Dave's recap of the post credits, because I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch the featurette. Yeah. yeah I, it's a, it's a lot of ego stroking. I'd much rather have Dave describe it to me. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even do a trailer this to. week. Another plot hole. Okay. Another plot hole. I just, <laughs> this bothered me again. Okay. <laughs> when she freezes and, and the whole thing buffers and the hourglass spins, right? Yeah. Why is she and Sizemore able to exist yeah. when everything else is frozen if they I'll, are inside a simulation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so simulation is, is, simulation only, is designed for them to yeah, function no matter what. I agree. I agree. I that's the only way it can make sense. But Sizemore is part of it, so he should have frozen at the very least. I'm buying right. Maeve not freezing, but Sizemore. Well, Sizemore stuttered. I was scared remember? shitless. I was going to pee my pants. Oh I thought I was going to get so shot. Bad. Die a second time. She flicks the bullet like <laughs> Matrix. Matrix again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All I can hope for is that they are knowingly faking us out here. They did it too hard. It was a whole episode. It could have been 15 minutes. It could have been 30 minutes, whatever. But they better not do something like this again. This was a, a fake out. We got some fake reunions with simulations of the characters that we had before. All those characters should not come back again. Yeah. It's just not unnecessary. Well, she might That's, She might have to take Hector, though. Let's be honest. Everybody's got a partner here. Dolores and Caleb, Stubbs and Bernard. You know, Maeve, you think Maeve's going to have to go into the world Ciroc. all alone? Ciroc, Ciroc. She's got Ciroc. She, and then I think she'll link up with Bernard and Third Hemsworth. They even have matching outfits. You think Ciroc's going to travel? Yeah, I think so. I think he's kind of set up to be a major character for the rest of the show. And I do think they're all going to end up in LA together. All the principles are going to sort of converge at the end. Feels like it. Yeah. Uh, Trailer time. Revisiting a previous trailer. That was a look ahead for the whole season. Man in white. Where's he at? Why is he in a a prison cell? And where is he? Where is that prison cell that Dolores comes to spoilers? (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's already out there. It's in the trailer. Yeah. It was wild to me, Tom, that they couldn't find room for 10 minutes of him in this episode. Me too. 
This is what I'm talking about. We're talking We're a Ed Harris of the here? way through the season, and we still don't yeah. have man in black slash white. Bernard walks in and walks out. He couldn't have bumped into him somewhere. Everybody's going to get their own. He was getting tested episode. for fidelity, Mace. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Chubbs has played eight minutes in this first quarter in a finals game. Chubbs? And yet the best player, man in black, Stubbs. Chubbs? Chubbies? I call him Chubbs. Chubbies. Chubbs is good considering. That's why I can't stop laughing. We get eight minutes of of stubs, and we don't get and, and and man in black is just sitting on the bench. Ed Harris is sitting on the bench. He's getting his it's own the coach off. He's gonna have a, an entire Listen. hour dedicated to him, guaranteed. I'm telling you right now. They didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay him for eight episodes. He probably gets paid for the whole season, no matter nah. what. Paid him for six. Five, maybe five. Yeah, Dave, what would you prefer? Would you prefer an entire Man in Black episode at like five or six? Or would you want a little bit of Man in Black sprinkled in through the next four? I think it's one episode. I think you go deep on this guy, you know, whether or not he is a host, what is the nature of his existence, all that stuff. Let's really get into it. Yes. Let's see some backstory. The when you when you sort of cut up a story like that it doesn't have as much um it's got as his much uh, juice yeah but give me more we, there's you more to know clearly story i just think there's probably more to know especially mm-hmm. because this entire season is about the corporate intrigue and what's going on with delos versus insight and how these companies function together there's probably a bunch of stuff that we're going to find out at some point i'm thinking about those those episodes of like the leftovers or watchmen like the lindelof shows where it's one episode about one character right, and you right. get just a bunch of stuff right yeah well dave the best episode of season two was the akicha episode yeah exactly bingo and if they did that with ed harris and nailed it i'd be into that because yeah. they told one story Instead of trying to like fool us all the time, it's like, here's a character. You get to follow the character through the whole episode, and there's a payoff at the end. And there's a linear timeline, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, instead of jumping back and forth between wow. seven stories and nothing paying off, which is every episode of Game of Thrones. There oh, was yeah. some timeline things going on in Watchmen, though, Mace. Of course. Mace, what is – now that you've your two episodes in, I'm curious, what do you want to see happen? Are you into the Dolores versus Maeve showdown, the heavyweight battle that we're teased that's going to happen? Or are you more into what Dave called the corporate intrigue? Like what would be what would be the meaty, satisfying steak on a plate where you're like, yes, we got this. What is that steak on a plate? We were talking in the chat about how we missed the real world. And that's what I want. I liked the reboot in episode one and where we were headed. And this episode really pissed me off. It felt like they were trying to be meta, but they were giving me the stuff that I'm really got tired of in season two. So I like Dolores running around. I like the introduction of Ciroc. I like exploring the real world. I want to know what's up with Caleb. I enjoyed that plot line. I just want more stuff like the Rico app and getting to know 
future world, what it's like, if that is indeed the case, because that is definitely a strong case. I can't get over how easy it was to just take a boat into Westworld. Can't do it. <laughs> it's too easy. Okay. It's either corporate incompetence on steroids or Rehoboam has a good script. How did we feel about the Game of Thrones reference? Was that a... Oh, really shit. Good. Oh, that's awesome. Hated or were you it. like, oh, that's... Oh, really? Corny. That was mine. Mine was corny. I was like, I recognize that guy. I don't know who he's from, but I recognize him. And then there's the dragon. Didn't end well for us. Of an HBO circle jerk. Yeah, yeah that's what I felt like was that they were at a party, right? They're in an HBO party and they were like, hey, we're writing season two, season three right now. Well, and Weiss funny, and like, whatever's, oh, yeah. we should totally get like, the dragon in there. All right, yeah. cool. Like, cheers, let's shake on it. And then this is what happens. Well, apparently, it was it, it was George R. R. Martin's idea. That's what I, I had read in what? an interview with, with Nolan and yeah. Joy. Let like, me hear it from him first. Yeah, let, like, <laughs> I feel like that's a nice, who can we put this on that won't speak to the media? <laughs> right. He's never going to well, discredit said, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course not. I think he said it before. I think he might have said, though, he, he thought it would be fun to do a Westworld Game of Thrones crossover where Westeros was a theme park. But that was that was what they said. That was that was their explanation for it. It's like we didn't want to do a full crossover, but we thought it'd be funny to tease a medieval world with with Benioff and Weiss in a cameo. So I think I would have been good if it was just the dragon. But with yeah. the two writers in there, I was like, oh, this feels like self-flagellation. Like it felt like they were just going over the top. Tom, let me get this straight. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, they wanted to end Game of Thrones because they had so many other projects they wanted to get to, right? They're just, they're <laughs> bored with Game of Thrones. It's the same thing every time, Tom. They go out to Belfast and they're, shooting at night and it's it's tough and the pressure and oh man this game of thrones you know like we can't keep doing this like it's 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 tough i want to make a civil war show for hbo oh wait that got canceled i want to make my own star wars trilogy that'll be fun we'll start with (laughs) a whole new galaxy and just sail off into space together and, and start a new story oh wait that got canceled yeah why did they wrap up Game of Thrones early again? Was it so they could cameo as bottom of the barrel technicians in Westworld? Is that why they shat on one of the best TV experiences of the last decade? Is this what it was so, all for? That's what I kind of alluded to at the yeah. beginning of this pod was I feel like they're just catering to Reddit Westworld a little too much where they're giving these Easter eggs thinking like we're going to eat it up because hey what what could be cooler and what what could be more viral on social media than drogon it it just seemed like a cheap sugar pill to me yeah, yeah but every it, every tv it's show it's like a does bunch of now. little things without like a payoff though it feels like it's just the easter eggs for the sake of easter eggs but it's like usually i'm cool with easter eggs if they lead somewhere you know like if yeah. it's something cool and paid Dave, off is this a end. thing though this, this oh yeah, there, there are all kinds of Easter eggs and like 
little cameos oh, and stuff. Like I Aaron Rodgers in Game of Thrones. Like just little things like that. Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, yeah. Or Ed. yeah, or like little references in Star Trek Picard, which I just finished and was it was terrible. But uh there's just a lot of moments where it was like, Oh, you're just doing this just to get a rise out of people on the internet. And and make people chuckle for five seconds. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the inside dope on Rehoboam and getting back to our contemporary story of uh, Dolores and Caleb. I'm actually pretty stoked. I'm, I'm thinking there's no chance that Caleb is a host. Simply that the lesson is that even humans are on a loop and she's going to shake him out of his. Mm. You know what? You guys have convinced me. It took me one episode to want to get back to the real yeah, world. right? There we go. <laughs> you don't want to go Do back it. to Westworld. It's over there. It's a dump. No, I think I realize I want to get back to Man in Black more than I want to get back to Westworld. Gotcha. Gotcha. And when the yeah. Man in Black episode happens and you're like, God, I, just, I didn't even like that. Why? Yeah. To me, the idea that he could be in a prison is is an interesting twist. Yeah, I'm still very optimistic about this this season. I think this was a stinker episode, but yeah, yeah. Episode one like laid some track like, that I'm this really excited for. This has to be for. the lowest point of the season. This has <laughs> it to be. The worst be. Yeah, there's yeah. only six left. I have hope. I have hope moving forward that this was the worst one. Only up yeah. from here. Me the too. only redeeming factor was that Maeve, the actor that plays Maeve, was fantastic, and she always is fantastic. Yes, but beyond that, that is. Yeah, no, she is. Let's flush this turd and move on to greener pastures for my guests, Dave Schilling, Jake Hoy, Tom Rahaber, Stroboam, and Eden Liu. I'm Anthony Mays. See you next time on the Westworld Podcast. Westworld.